Let us rejoice and be glad and give God glory, for the wedding of the Lamb has come, and His bride has made herself ready. Amen. Our text for our sermon is the Gospel history according to St. Matthew as recorded in chapter 26, verses 1 through 5. When Jesus had finished saying all these things, He said to His disciples, You know that after two days it will be the Passover, and the Son of Man will be handed over to be crucified. Then the chief priests and the elders of the people assembled in the palace of the high priest, whose name was Caiaphas. They plotted together how to arrest Jesus by stealth and kill him. But they said, Not during the festival, or else there might be a riot among the people. This is the gospel history of our Lord. Brothers and sisters in Christ, when arguably the most famous Lutheran missionary here in America arrived in America. He arrived on September 22nd, 1742. He was still in his boat on the 23rd when African slaves had come into the boat and he had a chance to converse with them. And he asked them a few questions about the good news of salvation in Christ and they were completely ignorant. Well, he quickly found out that at that time in 1742, there was a law that banned you from telling the good news of salvation in Christ to the African slaves. The reasoning went because if they knew about salvation in Christ, then they would riot and kill everybody. Now, the irony of that is the Bible always teaches whether we're employees or employers, whether we're, we're children or whether we find ourselves in slavery we are not to overcome by force. Another irony is, though, is if they had actually shared the Bible with those slaves, the people sharing the Bible would find out that whether we're talking about the Old Testament, God had made sure that slaves always had the opportunity to earn their freedom or simply be released in the year of Jubilee. And in the New Testament, when they lived in the Greek world, the Apostle Paul makes it very clear, if a slave has the opportunity to earn its freedom, it should. And so, brothers and sisters in Christ, nothing in history did more to destroy the institution of slavery peacefully than Christianity. But I actually suspect that if they had tried to share the good news of salvation with the slaves, the slave owners themselves would have their consciences pricked and they would find out that that was something that God did not approve of. So that's the irony there. And the irony about today's text is the fact that the feast that they didn't want to arrest Jesus during was the Passover feast. The Israelites had been forced into slavery by Egypt. This is why one of the reasons why God detested slavery. And on the night before he finally marches them out of Egypt, they celebrate the Passover feast. So the Passover feast was actually a celebration of being free from tyranny. And there's irony in their decision deciding, let's not murder Jesus during the Passover feast, because that was a festival of deliverance from tyranny. Now, brothers and sisters in Christ, I can't think of a better definition of tyranny than the chief priest who's supposed to be pointing to Christ and the priest below him plotting the secret murder of the very one their office pointed to. There's tyranny. Brothers and sisters in Christ, like that festival that night took place while the Lord's angel fulfilled the last of the plagues as a strike against Egypt, we see during that whole entire time God was hardening Pharaoh's heart. 
Okay, at first Pharaoh hardened his own heart. God had come using Moses and his brother Aaron as his messenger. And in fact, God was very gentle and gracious with Pharaoh. He didn't even say, you know, the people you're enslaving, we're taking all your slaves away now. He said, just let us go out for a sacrifice. Pharaoh said, no way. And, and then God would send a play. And, and Pharaoh would say, okay, okay, I get it, I get it. In fact, God even had Moses say, you pick the day when God will remove this plague. So Pharaoh would know it was God. And then Pharaoh would renegotiate, say, okay, your men can go, but your women can't go to make a sacrifice. Okay, your women and, and men and children could go, but your cattle can't go. Pharaoh himself kept hardening his heart until God finally said, you have resisted my grace so much that from now on, when you hear my word, you will only despise and hate it. You are now on a freight train headed straight to hell with no escape. Well, brothers and sisters in Christ, the irony here, as they say, not during the Passover festival, is just like Pharaoh had hardened his heart until God said enough. These men, as we learned in last week's sermon, knew that Jesus was at least from God. You and I know he's true God. When you know somebody is sent from God, the miracles over and over again, not just some kind of an illusionary trick, but he did these over and over again. They knew he was from God and they still plotted his murder. That is hardening your heart against God. And so while they would hear that Jesus was the Messiah, they would finally reach a point where God would say, fine, have it your way. From now on, when you hear the good news of salvation in my son, my word will only harden your heart as you have wished, and you are on a freight train heading straight to hell. There was another irony in that festival of deliverance from tyranny. It goes way back to the time Moses was born. The Pharaoh before the one that Moses had come to and, and announced the plagues were coming, that Pharaoh, he didn't want to lose the slaves, but he was afraid too many of them would riot and take over the people, just like Henry Malkier Molenberg had learned Americans were afraid of with their awful institution of slavery. And so Pharaoh, as birth control said to the Hebrew midwives, whenever a boy is born, he's to be thrown into the Nile River. Either the alligators would get him, he drowned or other animals. Now, brothers and sisters in Christ, Pharaoh ordered the murder of the sons of Israel. And the last plague, the plague that the Israelites were celebrating the Passover feast for, while it struck, the last plague to hit the Egyptians was God in his retribution said, now I'm taking your firstborn sons. There's an irony here that the people who have hardened their heart against God, just like Pharaoh, these chief priests, they're plotting the murder of God's one and only, his only begotten son. A lot of irony going on with this Passover feast in them. Do you know, God announced to Pharaoh what was going to happen. And he even warned him of several of the plagues using Moses and Aaron. But there's where the irony stops because these men plotted in secret. Brothers and sisters in Christ, true faith never needs to be hidden. If they truly were functioning as their high priests, they would not have had to hide this. If this man was guilty of a rebellion that needed to be squashed, the people should have been told about it from the scriptures. Now, when I say faith never needs to be hidden, you may say, but what in times of persecution? In times of persecution, and the Roman Empire gave us plenty of examples of that, the Christians who did not hide their faith, who boldly confessed Christ, 
often were the reason why even Roman citizens started to find detest in the gory things they had done to murder these Christians. They said, these people won't forsake their God. There must be something to this. They die with peace as we unleash lions on them. Faith never needs to be hidden, brothers and sisters in Christ. God is always there to bless it in His way, the way that brings Him glory. You are saved, and that because you have faith. Now, one of the big ironies here is, is that this festival is a deliverance from tyranny. And they said not during the festival. They tried to control the timing of it. But brothers and sisters in Christ, God is in control the whole entire time. Now, Jesus gets to celebrate the Passover festival. He institutes the New Testament festival, the Lord's Supper, and it's that very night, as we read in our Passion History, that he gets betrayed. That's not when they wanted him to be arrested. And by that morning, he will be on the cross. This is God's timing. Now, brothers and sisters in Christ, we see there's a whole lot of irony in their decision about not doing the Passover festival. Because the Passover festival was a deliverance from tyranny. Just as Henry Malkiel Molenberg would find out that he was not supposed to evangelize those African slaves because he would find himself facing a tyrannous law. So, brothers and sisters in Christ, you may wonder, how does this apply to us today? See, whether you were Pharaoh in Egypt, whether you were one of those slaves being forced over in a ship to come to America, or whether you're you, every one of us lives under a harsh tyranny. We are slaves to the devil. And he has a cruel taskmaster that keeps you in line. And that's your sinful nature. And he keeps you from running away with the allure, with the lusty wench that is the world. We need somebody to deliver us from that tyranny. Because on our own, we're already slaves and we're in trouble. And so, brothers and sisters in Christ, the ultimate irony about their not wanting to have Jesus arrested during the Passover festival is the lamb in the Passover festival was a prophecy of Christ and pointed directly to Christ. First of all, that lamb was to have no blemish or defect. You couldn't say, well, I had this lamb born and it's got a gimpy leg. It's probably not going to make it. So this is the one we'll eat. It had to be without blemish or defect. Jesus did not have sin. He's true God who became true man. And so he was without blemish or defect. You and I, with the blemish and defect of sin, are slaves to the tyranny of the devil. But Jesus is not. So without the blemish or defect, he could be our substitute. And how was he our substitute? The lamb was to be roasted whole with its innards inside and everything. Jesus' sacrifice of himself was a whole sacrifice. He wasn't cut up. He wasn't crushed to death. The lamb was pierced with a spit to roast it. Jesus was pierced as they nailed him to the cross. But his whole life, all roughly 33 years of it, his whole humanity and combination with his deity that made him our savior was offered up to free us from the tyranny of the devil, our sinful nature, and the world. Now, that lamb was not to have any of its bones broken even when they were eating it. And that is a very strong prophecy. Because 
Ironically, the next feast that was coming was the Feast of the Unleavened Bread. They didn't want to be dirty for it. And the next day on Good Friday was a Sabbath day. So they wanted the, the guys to die on the cross. Now, when you hang on the cross for a while, and we've read poets, Roman poets, Roman citizens, describe in poetry the way people died this antagonizing death. And after you've hung on the cross for a while and your body starts to give way, it's harder for your lungs to pump oxygen. So you start having to bend your knees and get your diaphragm working like a bellows. So what they did was they broke the people's legs on the cross so they couldn't bend their knees and then they would suffocate. But when they get to Christ, he's already dead. Remember, Christ, it looks like he's murdered, but he gave his life. And they come to him, he's already dead. So what do they do? They take a spear and stab it up into him. It's easier to do that than to break his bones. And blood and water come out. But none of his bones are ever broken. He's a whole sacrifice given for us. But there's more to this prophecy. Recall the last Plague is the plague of the firstborn. God has told the Egyptians, you have picked on my children. You have been tyrants to them. You have tried to take their sons and succeeded in it in some cases. So I'm going to take the firstborn son even in your barns of animals. Unless the Israelites, that Passover lamb before they roasted it, they poured its blood on their door frames. And the avenging angel of the Lord passed over the houses, the door frames that had blood on it, the blood of the lamb. By faith in Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit has connected you and the blood of the lamb is on you. So right now, America is in panic over the coronavirus, even if you get it, even if you're one of the few that dies from it. You're covered by the blood of the Lamb. When you meet your Maker, God is going to pass right over your sins because He sees the blood of the Lamb. He sees Christ's innocence. Now, brothers and sisters in Christ, there's something else to be said there too. See, my parents, they're believers, but their faith could not be credited to me. Their faith is only with them, only connecting them to Christ. Same thing with you. Another person's faith is not what gets you into heaven. However, when you and your household pray with your spouse, when you share the word of God in your house with your children, when you don't just teach about forgiveness of sin, when you don't just teach about the blood of the lamb, but you live it, the blood of the lamb is on your house. Your children then hear that, and the Holy Spirit uses that message to create faith in their hearts. So not only does the blood of the lamb save you, but in your own households, as you let your faith shine, it's like you're pouring the blood of the lamb over your doorframe too. You are teaching the children in your household the faith. Now, before we wrap this up, I want to remind one other thing about the blood of a lamb. When John the Baptist pointed out Jesus and said, behold, the lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, they would have thought of the Passover lamb. But that feast only happened once a year. There was a lamb they would have thought of every morning when the temple gates were open. The first sacrifice of the day came out of the public treasury. It was a lamb without blemish and defect, and it was offered up as a sin offering to atone for the sins of the entire nation that had happened that night. 
And then the last sacrifice of the day before they closed the gates of the temple, another lamb that came out of the public treasury to atone for the sins of Israel that had happened since that morning. Brothers and sisters in Christ, the irony about their saying not during the Passover feast is this was a festival about the Lamb of God. It was a prophecy about Jesus' death for you and I that we would be covered by the blood. The blood of that Lamb on the door frames made the avenging angel pass over those houses as God passes over you and doesn't see your sin because that Lamb is Jesus Christ. It pointed to Him, even pointed to His death, which they were plotting. And so, brothers and sisters in Christ... Slavery is awful. It limits freedom. Henry Molenberg was pretty shocked to find out that it was against the law for him to share the good news of salvation with the slaves. That's tyranny. And these men, there's an irony in the tyranny in which they're planning on killing Jesus Christ. An irony because the festival that they were saying, let's not arrest him at this one time, the one time we don't want to kill him, that very festival was about deliverance from tyranny from slavery, and that festival was about the Lamb of God. Even if you're a slave to the cruelest master, when you have the blood of the Lamb, you are free. Eternity is yours. You have been freed from the slavery of the devil, free from the worst tyranny of all. You are now a son or daughter of God. Amen. Now you are blessed because you are invited to the wedding supper of the Lamb. These are the true words of God. Amen.